0: What's up Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, we've got a special guest. He's got an amazing background in several different industries in sales. He started his own real estate investing company. Last year, they did nearly a million dollars in wholesale fees. He's got a real estate uh, meetup group where he helps educate and train new investors
1: Now get ready to grow hyper fast.
0: All right, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: It would be nice if we could do this in the office, but uh, you know we still got COVID going on, as I'm, I'm sure uh, everyone out there listening, watching uh, is aware. But um, nonetheless, here we are on Zoom for another great episode. Matt, I'm sure you've got a lot of great stuff uh, to talk about today I think before, so. uh, before we dive into like, what you're doing now, what, you know, what, what, how you've actually expanded your business during, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Why don't you give the listeners a little background about yourself and how you got into real estate?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm a lifelong sales guy. I've um, actually got my first sales job when it wasn't even legal for me to get it at a car dealership. I was still 17. So, how is, how is it not legal? What was that? I guess, I, I guess when I was, I guess you had to be, eight. I guess you had to be 18, you know, to be, but I had a birthday in a couple of weeks and they hired me and let me start and train and just, stuff. Just like to,
0: that. to work or to sell a car or what's.
1: Sell cars. Uh, yeah. Get a sales license, I think for selling okay. cars. Yeah. In Maryland, you need a sales license and So I had to get that and you had to be 18. But so I trained for a couple of weeks, got my sales license. Um, You know, I I sold cars for a while, for a good long time. Um, I was, you know, always a top guy at the dealership. I got promoted a bunch, moved around to a lot of dealerships. Anyone who knows the business knows it's a pretty um, kind of a throwaway business. You know, you're a hero one minute and a loser the next. So, you know, you get a lot of repeat
0: clients in that business
1: there's a fair amount. It depends. You yeah. know, for good salespeople, there's a lot of repeat clients and a lot of referrals, but for, you know, just the, the average Joe, it's, you know, just trying to get people who come on the lot. And this was, you know, real early 2000. So, I mean, I used to hide in the bushes at the front of the dealership and jump out in front of cars that pulled in and walk <laughs> them over to the front of the dealership, you know, just, just so that the other guys couldn't get them before me. So I was in the car business a long time, ended up being a general sales manager at a, at a dealership. And I just, man, it was, you know, I was working, 80, 80 hours a week, you know, at least six days, six, seven days a week, you know, my kids were growing up, I wasn't seeing them, and I had a, uh, another kid on the way, and I was like, man, I don't want to do this, I just didn't want to do it anymore, and I had one of those, you know, I call them, um, you know, I don't know if I can curse on this podcast, but I call them- I'm, I'm all for it, or, or allowing it, free free freedom speech. Have yes. you read any MJ DeMarco stuff, <laughs> he talks about a fuck this event, and I had one of those on the way to work <laughs> one day, and just- walked in and I quit I had to turn my car in right there and everything and I had to get my dad to come pick me up because <laughs> I didn't even have a car to get back. Gotta get my dad to come, didn't even have a car to get back they didn't,
0: they didn't have uber back then right or
1: no there was no uber it wasn't, yeah. there wasn't <laughs> Uber quite yet yeah unfortunately I had to call my dad and wait around awkwardly till he got there but um yeah so I left the car business I ended up you know I got lucky I ended up uh talking to a guy who worked in private equity um you know, if you know those companies that buy you know your structured settlement annuities, lottery annuities and convert and you know pay you cash, um, there was a company like that, one of the higher end ones, that did you know five million dollar plus um, annuities. And I got a job there as an executive buyer and basically the function there was just travel around the country and talk to these lottery winners, these structured settlement holders, these corporate merger, these guys who are corporate guys who got an annuity when they you know were fired or whatever. And see if we could, you know, convert that into a lump sum. So that was that was some real hands-on, you know, in people's living room sales for me, and I think that prepared me really well for real estate. That so the big states in that industry started getting heavily regulated uh, about in 2014, uh, New York, Massachusetts, California, and really crimped the business. And my wife had gotten her real estate license a couple of years before that, and she ran into someone from Express Home Buyers who was looking at a house that she was that was one of her listings and they said hey if you know anyone you know hey would you want a job at express home buyers and she said well not me but my husband's a really good salesperson. <laughs> so i i talked to them and they hired and they hired me as a as a acquisitions guy you know just real basic you know just to see what i could do and you know i i um i got promoted pretty quickly at first i was uh, a can you can you guy.
0: explain uh, real quick to everyone just what express mm-hmm. home buyers does yeah, just yeah. so they kind of have the context of sure. Sorry. Of what yeah, you're doing, It's Home Buyers is a little different than general brokerage.
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So Express Home Buyers was and is a real estate investment company. Um back then when I started with them, they were a large scale flipper. You know, they would have 30, 40 projects going on all at once. After I got there, myself and the COO uh, transitioned them over to wholesale. Um and for those of for those of you who don't know what wholesale is, uh, it's when they um some we get what we do is we go and get a property, we agree to a price on the property, we locate a seller, we we contract the property off market, and then we will sell that property to another investor for you know for X amount of profit and then and move on from there. So that's that's one exit strategy that we have. And Express Home Buyers wasn't doing that when I got there, but when I arrived, um they were doing a ton of flips and they were in in their the construction, the new construction partner they had um had you know, over promised big time. And they're, you know, they're hemorrhaging money. Um, There's almost looking like things were going to go under, like the company might go under based on. And we decided that, you know, hey, we have this great acquisitions arm. Let's take these houses we're contracting and, and generate some cash through wholesale. So we did that. And I think in the second month, we did, you know, in just a month, we did like 1.2, 1.3 million in wholesale fees, just huge amounts. Oh, wow. And from there, we decided to, you know, just do. We just put, decided to put all our eggs in the wholesale basket. So for a few months there, I mean, it was just you know a million dollar month every month, and then everyone else started catching on. The other companies started you know entering the space more. and it got real competitive. Um, yeah, you know, I was the director of sales and acquisitions then, and they brought in a new CEO, a mortgage guy from California or from Chicago, rather. and he um he really reminded me of an old school car business manager, you know, wanted everyone working. He tried to mandate a minimum fifty-hour week, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal, <laughs> unless you're paying overtime, you know, or or it's a you know, or you, you. I don't think you can mandate fifty hours a week, even though you know we were already putting that in. And then there was a bunch of other issues too, and I, that I won't get into. And I just decided at that point it was time for me to step away from Express, and that brought me to um, starting my own company. We started Chesapeake House Hunters. Uh, in the fall of 2018, myself and my partner, Daryl Wilson, he's the COO. When we started this, you know, when I had left Express, I was under the impression I had no non-compete. I, when I negotiated my most my last promotion, we had removed it. But that was from the COO who had departed. And the CEO at, at Express said, oh, I never would agree to that. That's not valid. We'll take you to court. And... You know, someone who was just starting out a new business. I was a little nervous about that, so I said, I, "So we ended up negotiating and agreeing to some marketing restrictions." And for the first year in business, we couldn't do any. We couldn't, you know, buy lists and skip trace and call, and we couldn't do PPC, hmm. no TV, no bandit signs, no—I mean, nothing, no marketing whatsoever. So we had to figure out, hey, how do we get deals? And how do we make money without having being able to use the traditional marketing channels? And that made us into this real niche company and we've actually even since we've long passed that deadline for marketing we still don't spend much on marketing because we have figured out a way to do it that's that's much better
0: so what's the secret
1: yeah <laughs> so the first thing i did was say hey look you know a lot of the you know my wife's an agent i'm i'm an i'm an agent but even though i don't do any agent stuff and i'm part of a brokerage so i went to my brokerage and said look you know i you guys get these list get listings all the time it's your listing appointments all the time where the house is nasty where, you know you don't want to go in there you don't want to show it you don't feel like doing the paperwork on it. You know, it's going to sit on the market. You know, it's a—it's just an ugly house. You know, it's going to be an issue. Instead of that, when you get those, call me. I'll come take a look at it. I'll make you an offer right there. You keep all the commission. You don't even have to do the paperwork. You, you just you just bring the house to me and I'll see if we can make a deal. And, th- and that started to work. I went around to a bunch of different brokerages and made this pitch, including my own. And we got deals, we got a lot of deals that way. And then, you know, the second thing I thought was, you know, when I worked at express, you know, we had tons of leads coming in from paid marketing. So there would be, you know, dozens of leads coming in per day. And you know, what what happens to those leads when there's four or five sales guys and, you know, 10 come in, you call them all and then more and more and more come in. Eventually the older ones start just getting pushed to the back and they don't get followed up on properly. So there might be a couple follow ups from a salesperson on each lead, a couple calls, but then it goes into a drip campaign. And what a drip campaign is like automated texts, emails, things like that. And they just don't get worked very hard. So I was like, man, you know, if we could get a hold of leads like that and really grind on them, I bet we could make deals. So that was my pitch to, to other established real estate investment companies hey, you've got nothing to lose. You've got these old leads. You know, for more or less for your purposes, they're dead. Send them to me. If we get them under contract and assign them, we'll split the profits with you. You don't have to do any work. You just sit back and collect your checks. So it's found money for you. And luckily for us, a couple, um, a couple companies started doing that. And we started getting deals pretty rapidly. And at this point now, we work all the new paid marketing for several companies. Like their, their leads come directly to us because it just, it just works better that way. We get them under contract. We deal with it. We, if they want the house, they keep it. If not, you know, we wholesale and split the profit with them.
0: Wow, and what are are you typically uh, wholesaling, or do you do you keep them, redevelop them sometimes? Like, what's you know, what, what's usually your your exit on these deals?
1: Our main exit is is has been wholesale. Um, okay. Last year in 2019, we did 46 deals for 946k in wholesale fees, and um, that's with no marketing. So, you know, we had a we had a good year in wholesale. That being said, we have um we have started to take down some more flips. Um just because, you know, especially with COVID happening and you know the way that the way that some lending has dried up. You know, we figure, hey, why take a small wholesale fee because lender restrict or lender guidelines have tightened up when we could, you know, flip this ourselves and make 50, 60, 70 grand. How, how, is it, how
0: has it been since COVID? Have you seen a difference in uh, two things? First, your ability to find deals. And then second, your ability to find buyers for those deals.
1: So for the first part, um, it, we have seen some difference in our ability to find deals. But I would say that that's offset by you know, another segment of, of sellers who want to sell. So what we've seen is a lot of older people or people who live out of state, that um, have houses they want to sell but don't want to do anything until COVID is over, you know, because because they're nervous or they're at risk. But at the same time, we've also seen a lot more landlords, um, vacation rental owners reaching out, talking about wanting to sell their property. So, I really think it's it's evened out there on the seller side. We're not having a ton of trouble procuring deals. Um, on the buyer side, however, there's a lot of lending, hard money lending, tightened up a lot. Yeah. And, you know, Percentages changed, you know. Points went up, so all of a sudden, the deal that made sense three months ago now is a, you know is in the red. So we've had to adjust our percentages and you know and keep track of our buyers and really grind on getting buyers into the program so that we can move our deals.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm in the uh, investment and the agent world, and what what I noticed is uh, less less transactions, you know, occurring. Yeah, uh, for sure. But our team's been doing more, just because we we market more, and the the pricing has not changed. If anything, it's gone up, and there's more bidding wars because the you know there's there's maybe some sellers holding off, but there's there's not as many buyers holding off. So the the ratio of yeah. the buyers to sellers has kind of stayed the same, but the the one area I've seen that has gotten harder is is that investor money. So, yeah. you know, yeah, investors that's, that's- investors buying deals they they can't get hard money loans and non traditional loans as as easily. Points have gone up, rates have gone up. Investors want more security, and that's that's because you know back in uh, late February March the stock market went down and secondary market on lending went awry and i I think there was this rush to cash and uh that was that was part of it and there was probably also fear and um it's just interesting times and and who knows what direction it all goes and i I think the stock market is like almost back up to its high now which it's it it's i I don't don't, don't really i'm not in stocks i don't i don't watch (laughs) it but
1: yeah. I bought, when it got real low, I bought some airline stocks, but I, um, yeah, but I usually let the, you know, the FA take care of that. But we, um, yeah, so we've seen, especially in retail, like, you know, on, on the market, you know, of course, inventory is like extremely low. We're seeing, you know, flips are, you know, renovated houses are in super high demand, nice houses and nursing bidding wars. We did a, um, you know, we finished a project and put it on the market and we were expecting to make, you know, we were expecting to make a decent amount, but it got bid up 20 grand over asking. And uh oh, wow, just I mean just like just like that. There's the only renovated house in the neighborhood and inventory's so low everywhere that you know we're seeing a lot of buyer competition now. So that's another reason why we started to say, hey, let's let's do some flips while we while this while this inventory shortage is happening, because it can you know it can make all the difference for us.
0: So you're you're holding more, flipping them more. I mean, maybe you know, if you have access to funds, but your your typical buyer, wholesale buyer doesn't. Yeah, you know, you'll 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 end up making even more money because yeah you'll 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 you're gonna produce more value if you do more than just find the deal, right? You're you're taking it
1: Definitely. all the
0: way to, to improved you know end product or whatnot.
1: Yeah, and it helps. It you know it helps everyone. You know my wife lists our flips, and we you know we so we have a whole you know, it helps everyone in the in the company here, and we um we've also considered uh, we also think that you know commercial is really going to take a beating, and our it already has commercial retail. Um, so we think there's going to be a lot of opportunity there for picking up commercial property that can be converted into residential, like a you know, because there, if the recession, if a recession does happen and continues, I mean, I think we're going to see a demand for cheap rental house, a huge demand for cheaper rental housing. You know, a lot of people lose houses, things like that. So, you know, we think that there's an opportunity to pick up some commercial properties to redevelop uh, along the way. So we're we're keeping our we're keeping our options open, keeping our eyes out. Which what areas
0: uh, are you doing the most most deals in now, or or finding the most uh, homes? You know, we're doing um. So
1: our main market is the DMV. You know, DC the uh, DC suburbs. Um, so we go all the way up to the Baltimore suburbs in Maryland. Uh, we don't do Baltimore City, but we do the Baltimore County, Howard County because they're great. You know, we we do really well there. DC, PG County, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. You know, most of most of Maryland all of Northern Virginia, and all of D.C. So we go, we'll go down as far south as Frederick, Bur- Fredericksburg, west as far as Frederick, and north as far as uh, Bel Air.
0: Okay. And are, are you seeing some areas doing better right now or, or some types of homes? Uh, I know you mentioned rent, rentals and whatnot, but yeah. like what, what, what areas and types of homes are, are, are you finding deals right now?
1: So we're finding, um, so one of the things we're finding more of now is uh, we're starting to see more townhouses, more condos um, than we usually do because they're, they tend to be the things that people hold as rentals more so within single family, easier maintenance, you know. Um, it's all kind of consolidated there. So we, we're seeing a more of that. You know, we just contracted on a, um, on a condo in Adelphi yesterday. Um, and we're also seeing, we're seeing uh, PG County, Maryland. We think, um, think that's going to be the most affected by everything. It, its prices went up the fastest. It has a ton of investors in it, and it's still, you know, kind of a, kind of a middling market. You know, it's 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 one that's on the upswing, but there's a lot of really nice areas too. So, we think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in PG, like there always has been. Um, but we're finding where we're finding more great deals than we had had in the past was in the Baltimore suburbs, Anne Arundel County, Howard County, Baltimore County. We're seeing a lot of good deals out there.
0: Okay, are you are you doing any? Thing different with your marketing. Your you know, it looks like you're you're holding more properties, but are you doing anything to uh, to market more or to get in front of more potential sellers?
1: We're um, the only thing we're really doing is you know we're purchasing lists. You know, we all we're always checking out new list providers uh, because we're pretty good at outbound cold prospecting. So and we've got a process down that works really well. So. We've been checking out new list providers. There's a lot of people that you know we didn't have that we wanted wanted to test out. So we're looking at some different niche lists and things like that. Um, otherwise, we're just you know posting on our social media. You know, not even paid most of the time. Hey, we're still out here. We're reaching out to people. We're forming partnerships. All we're trying to form new partnerships all the time. So that's that's the majority of our outreach.
0: Does that does that help you get uh, more more deals directly from sellers or or more deals that Agents or other people bring you, or a combination of both.
1: It's a, it's definitely a combination. So our so the sell, deals we get from sellers are directly from the seller, primarily from you know lists we buy and that we prospect to. We have partnerships with um, over a dozen other companies and individuals right now uh, to work leads and get properties under contract. And those are direct from seller. You know we handle the whole process, but there's you know some, another there's a partner involved there. So we, you know, we're not, we're really keeping it to, you know, I think we ended up in a good space because we don't have a lot of overhead. We have no debt except for properties that we're working on right now. And we're, we have enough cash to, you know, kind of work our way through this. So, you know, my, our gut was early on, Hey, let's not spend a bunch of marketing money right now because we don't even know what's happening, you know, and we still don't, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, I've heard that PPC is really getting killed out there. I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, but we decided to Google PPC. Yeah
0: we've We've had better uh we've been getting online leads across the board for for cheaper ever since the beginning of march and and my theory on that is there's there's more inventory basically because of the lockdown so more people are yeah. online searching more people are on social media you know when you go into a job and work an eight hour shift you you have a yeah. lot less time to google stuff. And to to be on Facebook, so um, so they have more more impressions and clicks to sell. So we've we've, we've been having pretty good success with that.
1: Yeah, we've seen um, yeah the we've seen quite a bit of uh, we've seen an, an uptick in people's urgency in in a lot of cases, um, especially because I think you know people are starting to see that if they, they want to move, there's not going to be a lot available for them to move to if they don't hurry up because the, the market is, you know, inventory is so tight. And that's, that's what I'm seeing. We're seeing that everywhere in the DMV.
0: Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you have a client that needs to buy or sell a home in the DMV area? Then why not trust the highest selling team in the DMV, the Carrie Scholl team? We've helped thousands of buyers and sellers and would love to help your clients. And we guarantee we will save them time, money, and stress throughout the process and they will be so grateful that you referred them to us. Go to kerryscholl.com to learn more. Again, that's kerryscholl.com to learn more about sending us your clients that need to buy or sell a home in the DMV area. That's kerryscholl.com. I think something good to talk about would be the synergies between you know having the investor business but then through your wife, the realtor business and not everyone is going to be in the situation where their their spouse is a real estate agent or, or an investor, you know, depending on which category yeah. they fit in. But I, I think a lot of investors could benefit by partnering with agents and, you know, getting licensed, even if they're not going to really use it, getting licensed just so they can get referral fees. Because I imagine if you're getting 10 leads, uh, you know, one or two of them, maybe a good deal for you. And, and maybe yeah. half of them aren't really that serious, but, but the, maybe there's a, a few that are, that would be a good lead for a, a realtor to to list and, and, and sell because the house isn't like distressed or, or it would get more on the open market.
1: Oh yeah. I think it's um. so I always, when there's, so we, um we also founded a, a RIA group, uh, the real deals, real estate investors group. You know, we, we benefited a ton from RIAs when we first started our business. So we wanted to start one to help newer people. And also as a way for, you know, lead gen, there's a lot of new people in there who are going to want to help with their deals or might want to bring us deals. And we want to be able to network with people that, you know, we can all, everyone can help each other. So I think, you know, when I, the first thing I tell people in, in our RIA group and our meetings, if they're new is I think you should get your real estate license because a helps you learn a little bit about the business You can affiliate with a brokerage where you can have people that you can work with who might bring you deals. And also it's going to get you MLS access so you can learn how to run comps because there's nothing more important than being able to properly value a property. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing where new investors get killed as they mess up their ARV and they end up with a bad deal. So I think that's one of the, I think, yeah, it's absolutely my advice to get an eight to get um, your real estate license. And I also think there's tremendous value in partnering with as many agents as possible Um, You know, when someone thinks about selling their house, I would say that 99.9% of them think, okay, they think of an agent they know, or think I should call a real estate agent. Very few people say, hey, you know what, I should call Matt Fullerton at Chesapeake House. (laughs) You know, they say, oh, I need to call a real estate agent. And then they happen to go online, look for something and they see, hey, Chesapeake House Hunters is buying in this area or X and X is. And so we, a lot of times realtors hear about these deals first, and then they go on the MLS. And, you know, if it's a good investment deal. Good luck on the M- good luck getting it off, getting it off the MLS. At least in this area, it's not 2014 anymore. So yeah, we uh, so I I always tell agents, look, you bring it right to me, you don't have to deal with buyer's agents. You don't have to deal with paperwork. You keep all the commission. You know, because we don't charge any commission. We don't charge. You know, we we pay all closing and stuff. So not only are we a good deal for your bot for your seller, but we're a good deal for you. And that's you know that's been our general pitch. And it's, it's worked great. I mean, we've done some a couple of our, two of our best deals. We had a six-figure wholesale that an agent brought us. So it's, wow. you know, we, it's tremendous value in partnering. With, and look, don't get me wrong. I know that agents and investors don't even, I'm sure you know better than anybody. Agents and investors don't always get along the best. You know, I've slandered agents a few times in my career, and I'm sure I've been rightfully slandered <laughs> by agents. But, um, but yeah, I think it's all the better if we can all work together. Yeah, I
0: agree and I I think it's something for agents to consider finding more people like you to 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 partner with and and the investors to to find agents as well and it just it just helps you capture more of the value and give more options to more people. And, yeah, I totally agree. You know, when you can do that, uh it's it's a win-win for everyone. So Really cool having you on today. Before we wrap up, I want to do our hyper fast round. It's uh, some quick answers and questions. If you're ready to, ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Awesome. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor?
1: Oh man, I would say my biggest, don't get trapped in other people's dogma. Um, You're going to hear a lot of, you know, people who have a lot of different, stories to tell, and they're all going to be unique. And some people are going to give you advice that's just not going to work for you. And some people are going to give you advice that's great. So I would say, take all the advice, take it all in, but take it with a grain of salt. Don't get trapped in anyone else's thought process. Don't get trapped in anyone else's ideas. Make sure you do what's right for you and what the best fit is for
0: you. All right. What about the same question, but for an experienced investor?
1: Uh, For an experienced investor, I would say, don't be, you know, don't get locked. It'd be similar, but don't get locked into your own plan, your own um, realm of thinking. You know, like, I think that we all have these thought processes and the older we get, the more locked in we are. So what I try to do is, you know, when I feel like I'm being, I'm being, you know, real rigid about things, I try to say, Hey, is there another way to make this deal? Is there another way to, to look at this? And I think, you know, the way that people can do that is by going out and getting experience. I'm networking going to RIA meetups, joining masterminds, going out. And meeting other people. You know, that's an important, that's an important thing. Our mastermind has been hugely beneficial for us getting other perspectives from other professionals in the industry. So I would absolutely say, make sure you're thinking about, you're always thinking a step ahead, a way to, you know, if something happens in your business, what are you like, if all of a sudden you can't wholesale anymore, what are you going to do? If you can't flip anymore, all of a sudden, what would you do? And that's what we, you know, we try to keep in mind and have something on the ready in case something happens.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even if you've had years of success, you have to be willing to pivot and do new things. I, I think one kind of easy example really is if you look at Apple. Like if they yeah. were still if they were still trying to sell uh, iPods today, they'd, they'd be toast, right? And there's yeah. probably like a whole generation of people now that never even had an iPod because yeah. they replaced it with the iPhone and iPad. Um,
1: I remember thinking the iPod was some sort of magical device when it came out, man. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore, though.
0: Uh, what was the biggest challenge you had on, on a deal or anything involving real estate? And, and how did you, how'd you solve it or overcome it or, or mitigate it?
1: Oh man, I'd say the biggest challenge we faced was you know having to generate leads without any marketing. And we, you um, know, without it, and I think we, you know, we talked about that. And the, what you have to do is, you know, it's it's a cliche term, but you know, think a little bit outside the box. You know, hey, you know, think about if you have something that's you know standing in your way. You know, there's not always just one way to solve a problem. Like there's not only if there, it's not only TV, PPC, direct mail, you know, social media that you can use for marketing. You can go out and still reach out to people and still make deals. So, I would say that was by far the hardest challenge we've had to overcome. Otherwise, man, I really sounds sounds bad, but I really don't think this stuff is is necessarily rocket science. You know, I think if you just you know are are a decent person and want to help people and go out there and try to make good deals for everybody, you're, you're you should be successful.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I had this conversation with someone earlier this this week, uh, an agent. Team out in California, and you know, we were actually talking about people of uh, you know, different socioeconomic status and um, race and and cultures, and and why they're sometimes underrepresented in real estate. I think a lot of people just may not know about the opportunity, either as an investor or agent, because they all have extremely low barriers to, to enter. Like you don't have to have a fancy degree or a ton of money to get started.
1: Yeah, um, I agree.
0: You know, hope, hopefully through like these RIA groups and that, that like, I know you said you've got one, we've got one, hopefully things like that. And just general education, social media will help, help make, make it people more aware so that more people get into this, that, that, that maybe have never thought about it before if you're not doing a deal or, or working on uh your business where where would people find you what would you be doing
1: well um yeah i have you know I have a couple other jobs too i um i can cons- right now i consult for a company out in california helping them set up their sales team and um and you know get sales training done and things like that and so i'm I, I did offer those kind of things a lot and I always turn them down, but this ended up being kind of one of those offer you can't refuse type of situations. So I'm engaged with that for you know, the next month. And then otherwise, I mean, I'm, I'm an outdoor guy, you know, I spend, I try to spend as much time as I can you know, fishing in the wood or in the woods or you know, we, we love to travel. We try to take, you know, last year we took seven weeks of vacation. Our plan this year was to do eight to 10, but obviously that got shot early on. But we um, we're big travel people. We're big outdoor people.
0: Where where are you, where do you do your fishing at on on the bay or?
1: Oh man, yeah. Um. So all over the place. We go out on charters in the bay. We have a two acre farm pond on our property. It's full of good sized largemouths and bluegills. Um. I go offshore, you know, out in the Atlantic a couple times a year. Um, when we're down in the Caribbean, I always find a way to go like you know go fly fishing or reef fishing or something like that. So everywhere, anywhere I can. <laughs>
0: All right, last question: Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Uh, in five years, I'm still going to be a couple years short of, of my you know, total detachment goal from um, from real estate and from working. So, I am. Um, I see myself setting up the companies that I'm that I'm part of for my exit at that point, more than likely, and making sure that my portfolio is nice and rounded out, so that you know my ideally you know, I want to do, I think I'll always, I always say I'm going to, you know, by the time I'm 40, I'm going to detach and, you know, kind of just do things that I want to do. But I think I'll always have a presence, you know, I think I'll always invest maybe on a smaller scale. But what I really want to do is um, when, when that happens is, you know, is environmental work. And environmental work isn't high paying. So I need to have money set up so that I can, you know, have, you know, continue our lifestyle while I do that environmental work.
0: Awesome. Well, it's, it's great that you're thinking of an exit plan and and how to do it. A lot of, a lot of agents and investors don't, don't really consider that. So it's awesome to, uh, to hear from you. And this has been a great show. You you gave out a ton of advice. I mean, how to, how to find investor deals without marketing. Um, there's like no agent in the world that uh, doesn't need to hear that and, and learn that. So, so hopefully, uh, you'll, you'll impact a lot of people. Thanks for being on the show. Before we sign off, if people want to bring you a deal or get help yeah. or join your RIA or just connect sure. with you, what are, what are the best ways for people to reach out to you?
1: So they're reaching out to me on social media, like on Facebook, is a great way uh, because I'm always maintaining our pages and working on our RIA group in there. Talk, you know, talking to people who post in our RIA group. Our RIA is the Real Deals Real Estate Investors Group. So if you want to join, just ask and I'll, I'll accept you if you want to reach me personally uh my email is matt m-a-t-t at c-h-e-s-h-o-u-s-e hunters.com so matt at chesshousehunters.com feel free to reach out to me um if you have a deal that you need help moving or leads that you need help working reach out and we can talk about it happy to help all right
0: well happy to have you on the show Thanks again, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.
1: Thanks, Dan. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.